Hi there. This is Danny Klein Modisette, and I'm welcoming you to the Afterbirth Podcast, where we feature real stories about raising kids that you're not going to read in a parenting magazine. Our next live Afterbirth show is going to be Saturday, December 15th, and it features Lou Schneider, Christy Callahan, Matt Price, and some other fab talent. So please call the M Bar at 323-856-0036 for reservations. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, today we're bringing you a story from writer-actress Sarah Thayer called Tits of Steel. It was recorded at the M Bar in Hollywood, California in 2009. Please welcome Sarah Thayer. This is called Tits of Steel. In my mid-twenties, back when my husband and I were single, or BC, before children, we went to visit my family in Louisiana, and I bought a t-shirt at a tourist store on Bourbon Street. On the shirt was a chart showing the 50 types of tits one might see at Mardi Gras. During Mardi Gras, many women will show their tits in exchange for cheap plastic beads or fake gold coins. Shh, don't tell all those nice fellas shelling out real dough down at the proper titty bars. Anyway, I could afford to buy a novelty tea at a tourist shop without shame because I am from New Orleans. See? Well, actually, a town 20 miles outside of New Orleans, but who's counting? The important thing was I would be wearing the T-shirt ironically. (laughs) Being in my mid-20s, married yet single and reasonably firm, I could afford such irony. I was confident that the T-shirt would look good on me. My breasts were a cross between the two most desirable types of tits on the shirt, grapefruits and oranges, with a perky splash of chin ticklers. Woe to the irony-craving girls armed with pointy carrots or sad, pendulous cucumbers. They could never pull off such an ironic, sex-positive, post-feminist feed as I in my tacky tourist titty tea. I hadn't always had such wondrous, fulsome hubcaps. I grew up not showing my tits at Mardi Gras because only trashy broads did that, and uh, besides, I had none to show. When I was a teenager, I was on Theophylline constantly, which is like a hardcore pharmaceutical speed prescribed by my asthma doctor to keep me alive. Theophylline was like ballet in a capsule. It kept me from menstruating until age 16 and a half. Pubes and boobs were put into layaway. I graduated from high school weighing 75 pounds with a negative AAA cup. Finally, though, around 19, I grew breasts! Like they were plants that someone had remembered to water. (laughs) I spent hours alone, jumping up and down in front of the bathroom mirror, just watching them bounce. (sighs) Beyond that, I didn't enjoy them much. After a few days of bouncing, I quickly enrolled in women's studies and grew hair all over my body to camouflage them. But by the time I got the tits t-shirt, I was waxing, shaving, electrolyzing, and narrowing myself into a cocky smoothness. I'd wear the shirt to parties, pointing at the bananas, the mailbags, the mud flaps. Check out these ugly tits, I'd say, puffing out my perfect cantaloupes. Yes. I was an asshole. (laughs) But come on, mailbags, mud flips, those could never happen to me. Those happened to ugly old she-males, like my great-grandma Gertie, who had to shave her face. 
They happen to weird hippie ladies like my own mother, who breastfed my little brother till he was five. That's why their boobs look like kielbasa that had been run over by a steamroller. It is kind of fun to say awful things about boobs. So I was an asshole. Then I got pregnant. Then I had my first baby. Then my milk came in. And for almost a year, milk poured out of my motorcycle helmets nonstop. I stuffed my bra with dish towels, and still I couldn't leave the house for fear of soaking through my winter coat. When I nursed my son, he choked on it. <coughs> Imagine giving a blowjob to a guy who shoots a bucket full of cum all at once. You choke too. If not, you're a better man than I. My son had the worst case of colic that our pediatrician ever saw. I don't envy you, he told me over my son's nonstop wail. Yes, I picked the French pediatrician because he was laissez-faire about vaccination schedules. There is nothing you can do, he said, except cut all rich, delicious foods out of your diet. His hand smelled like pâté. I hated him. Nobody told me breastfeeding would be like this. Spraying, burping, farting, brapping, vomiting, screaming, yellow diarrhea shooting out of my kid's butt and splattering against a wall 10 feet away. Everything I'd heard about it was that it was a peaceful, gentle suckling that creates a mother-child bond and improves SAT scores. And if you, if you don't do it, your child will be dumb, sickly, despondent, rashy, tubercular, and precede you to the grave, and then wouldn't you feel terrible, you selfish, vain woman who refused your own child any real chance at life? I became a lactating martyr, but I was a bad martyr. I was secretly resentful, and I knew I would never get into heaven. The whole experience was enough to turn me off having another kid, because as any good mother knows, formula is poison. And I couldn't have another child unless I breastfed. Then I got pregnant again. From fucking. <laughs> and I had to breastfeed this new baby, right? I mean, especially since I found out it was a girl. How could I breastfeed my son and not my daughter? How could I raise his IQ points with my magical juices? and keep her retarded. <laughs> Chances are she would be an endomorph like me and her dad. Not a willowy waif. She would need brains to get ahead in this world. I prayed for some god, any god, all the gods I don't believe in, like Yahweh and Allah and Ganesh and Gaia, and the one I do, the god who keeps planes from crashing. <laughs> to slow... <laughs> to slow my choking gush of milk to a pleasant, life-sustaining trickle. Right from the start, breastfeeding my daughter felt wrong. Not because I had too much milk. No, not because it was gay. <laughs> my milk wasn't shooting out like a fire hose this time, but I had plenty of it. It's just that half of it appeared to be blood. Put down your forks. Now, that might work great for a uh, newborn vampire, but not a human baby. 
When I burnt my daughter, blood ran down her chin and she grinned at me like a baby Gene Simmons. <laughs> Have you ever seen your kids spit up your own blood? I know, it sounds totally rock and roll. But trust me, it was unsettling. I tried to rationalize for a couple weeks, thinking, well, maybe she's just getting some extra protein in there. The same thing you say when you accidentally eat a bug. But eventually, I couldn't go along with it anymore. For one thing, one of my nipples was gone. And for another thing, well, that's pretty much it. One of my nipples was gone. And the other one was holding on for dear life. Instead of giving up like any sane person would do, I assumed I was doing something wrong. I worked my way up the chain of lactation consultants until I found myself in a converted gar garage in Brentwood with the woman who claimed to have invented the profession. Go on, sit down, she said, motioning me towards a pile of cushions. It's $400 for the consult. Hope you don't mind, but I need to finish my lunch, just a little whitefish sandwich. And I might have to take some calls during this session because I'm auctioning off my dead sister's priceless collection of Judith Leba handbags. I liked her style. Matter of fact, and no nonsense, she must really know her shit. Well, <laughs> I began calmly, then started to cry. I nursed my son for two years with no problems, but now the blood, so much blood, mouth like a cheese grater. Okay, okay, show them to me, she said. She licked the crumbs off her fingers. She pulled up my shirt and flipped down my nursing bra. She did. She licked the crumbs off her fingers. Ah, um, she said, <laughs> exhaling a warm white fish vapor over my, <laughs> over my Mauna Loa's. Oh, Christ! She crooked a thumb at my daughter. Let's see what we're dealing with over here, with this one. She took a finger cut, which looks like a teeny condom, and snapped it on the tip of her long fingernail. She inserted it into my daughter's mouth and felt around, looking to the side like a safe cracker. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> what, what, what? I said. She pulled out her finger and snapped off the rubber. Okay, what we got here is, is an abnormally long, hard palate. So you see, your nipple's been against a hard palate like a stucco wall, just shredding it. Uh, but my nipple, I said, it's um, missing. <laughs> what if she ate it? <laughs> ate what, she said, taking a bite of her sandwich. Oh, the nipple? Eh, don't worry, it's just a little extra protein. <laughs> well, I said, will it... um? grow back? What, the nipples, she said? <laughs> yeah, probably, who cares? <laughs> That's the attitude, I thought. How silly and selfish of me to care about a lost nipple. I mean, there are starving children in India. <laughs> she polished off her sandwich and wiped her hands on her thighs, and then she pulled something out of the piano bench next to us. Now, here's what you got to do for the next two to four months. You see this? She held up an oral syringe that looked like a hummingbird beak. 
Every two hours, you'll pump your milk, then feed the baby with this syringe, one drop at a time, sticking your finger down her throat as far as you can get alongside it as past the hard palate to teach her to suck harder. Each feed will take about an hour. In a few months, when she goes back on the breast, she'll be pulling your nipple farther back in her throat. It's called suck training, and it's your only option. Oh, I said, mentally calculating an extremely depressing timetable. Does it work? <laughs> oh, about 10 to 40% of the time. <laughs> but you've got to be committed. But, uh, I said, sliding off the cushion, I have another child. He's four. When will I be with him? Uh, and when will I sleep? <laughs> she pointed at me with the same finger she used to probe my daughter's mouth. A flake of white fish clung to the long sculptured nail. Is your sleep more important than this baby's health? Your other kid will get over it, especially when he's older and understands the science of breast milk. Um, it's her palate that's the problem, right? I said, what if I just pump and feed her breast milk from a bottle? Oh, go ahead, do that, if you don't want to bond properly. And if you want a buck-tooth kid and have to pay an orthodontist thousands of dollars four to ten years down the road, the phone on her desk rang. I gotta take this call, she said. It might be about my dead sister's priceless handbags. I looked at my daughter sleeping in her car seat, so tiny and pink and innocent. She couldn't help it if she was born with the Berlin Wall in the back of her throat. Maybe she got it from me. I have an overly sensitive gag reflex. Don't ask me how I know. <laughs> <sighs> well, hello yourself. You the collector from the East Coast? The lactation lady said into the phone. No, I'm not busy at all. So you're interested in the bag shaped like a pickle? Well, I got the whole veggie collection. Maybe I'll throw in the eggplant to sweeten the deal. A cold draft blew in through the open garage door across my still-exposed breasts raising my scabby yarmulkes into painful party hats. <laughs> I hiked my bra up and my shirt down. I had one of those revelations, the kind where you realize the person you assumed knew better than you, the guru who you thought would reveal all the answers, is not only full of horseshit, but is out of her fucking mind. <laughs> I left a check for 400 bucks on the piano bench. I took my baby home, hooked myself up to a bre breast pump, fed her bottles, and thrilled to the sight of my nipples growing back. <laughs> I was self-regenerating, self-repairing, like the Iron Giant. <laughs> Proud in a new way, not because these milk jugs don't sag, but because they don't sag more. <laughs> Who cares? I do. What types of titties have I got? Superdomes. Post-Katrina. <laughs> They're not on the t-shirt, but they should be. Thank you. Thanks. Okay, for more information about Afterbirth, the book, the live show, or to comment on the podcast, please go to www.afterbirthstories.com. 
Remember, our next Afterbirth show will be back at M-Bar in Hollywood on Saturday night, December 15th, featuring Lou Schneider, Christy Callahan, Matt Price, Larry Clark, and more. The number to call for reservations is 323-856-0036. We hope to see you there. Thanks for listening.